You might be wondering, where's Lindsay this week? Where's the discussion of the G1 Supercard? Calm down! Everybody, please! We can only do so much at a time. And it's coming next week. Poor Lindsay. Her plane got delayed. Do you want to know why? I'll tell you. It's because the indicator wasn't working. Get it together and fix your indicators, planes. I'm talking to all of you, for goodness sakes. Anyway, next week we will get a full episode devoted to the Superstar Shakeup and Lindsay's New York wrestling adventures. We're going to talk about G1. We're going to see what it was like live being blinded during the AJ Styles-Randy Orton match. Getting all of that next week. But for now, let's start this week's show. Tights and Bites Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Hal and there's Daniel and this guy Mike Eagle is there as well. Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Bites. Hear my song. Bum, bum. WrestleMania was way too long. <laughs> Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm so happy. I'm the Hal Damn Show Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, Danielle Radford, also known as a podster, a podster. I turn into a podster. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me as always, because I'm also a host here. Why do I say yes, that? I'm the know. worst. Stop it. I'm tired. And we have a special guest with us, the real lead singer of the band Quiet Riot. It's Disturbin' James Durbin. Welcome to Tights and Fights. Ah, I, I was wondering what you were going to give me. I, I really like that. You good, you're good with it? Was that was, was I'm, I'm good with okay? it. <laughs> yes, yes. I, th- I thought maybe I would be, you know, Brooklyn's favorite son, Durbin Corbin. But I, I like Disturbin' oh. Durbin. We wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> we would never, never. You're a friend. Right. We don't do that to friends. Uh, a friend is a friend. A friend is a friend indeed. You've been listening to the show for a while. You've been a, a wrestling fan for a long time. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, wrestling is the way I found out about Quiet Riot. Wrestling is the way I discovered that um, I could be myself beyond my diagnoses um, or diagnostics or whatever it is. When I was 10 years old, I was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome and Asperger's, uh, which is high functioning autism. And so I was very much teased for my big ears. I bleached my hair. I was, I wore weird shirts. I wore short sleeve shirts under long sleeve shirts under short sleeve shirts. And, uh, or is it long sleeve shirts under short sleeve shirts under long sleeve shirts? That's what it was. And, um, I did that as and, well to be, I mean, like I definitely did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like the thermal and then like the, uh, the, the bad Hawaiian shirt with like anime characters on it. Yes. And a like a, and a just vest. a giant yeah. Goku. Yeah. 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 Like your mom dressed you, you know, with your cousin's old clothes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's me. And uh, and so, you know, that was me, but I was comfortable with who I was. But, you know, when you're comfortable with who you are and your uh, uniqueness, everybody, the world, society is taught to have a problem with that. And so everybody had a problem with it. And so I was very bullied, very teased. And... Um, for the longest time. And I was aware of wrestling. I knew kids that wore wrestling shirts and, you know, but every time I felt like 
I was flipping through channels and I saw that. I felt like I wasn't supposed to watch it. Like I felt like, you know, in my God-fearing household, like, no, you're not supposed to watch this. You know, right. brawn panties matches and, and first blood matches and cage matches and the devil and, and you know, everything. And, and so who I, I can like, relate to that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> preach. Preach. So that was me. But uh, I actually just looked. The first match I remember seeing was uh, Raw on September 29th, 2003, was Rob Van Dam, my first favorite wrestler, versus Christian in a ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. That was the very first match I saw. Flipping through channels, um, I had a bad day at school. I was looking for an outlet, and uh, and that's what I found. And wrestling was, I found that wrestling was this escape that, you know, even though people were unique, even though they were strange or abnormal or different, like, that was their character that they were portraying. And then they could take it off or that was their character in real life. And they were just like, you know, putting it on a pedestal and, and living it, you know, and like making it, that was their thing. And so I found these real life superheroes that I could be like, you know what? Wow. Look at them. They're doing it. Why can't I do it? And so I did a lot of musical theater and that also really helped in my portrayal of characters. Oh my um, God. I'm sorry. Where, I'm so sorry. Yes. I have to put a pin in this. <laughs> you have to tell me what you did and what character you were. Sorry. We Sometimes we really delve into musical theater on the show, as I'm sure you know. <laughs> I absolutely need to know what musical theater you did and what character you were. Second. Okay. So uh, my first main, like in high school, when I started to really like try to figure myself out like i used to walk around like dressed as the undertaker i carried a briefcase i was a chubby kid i you know i was very very strange and so uh, i got cast as mottle the tailor in fiddler on the roof then after that was uh my big one was my big coming out one was uh was danny in greece and then yes you know that was like you know oh i can be this you know i can be this asshole kind of guy and like i got this chip on my shoulder which i do not like i'm not a confident cocky person but i like i played this like randy orton like early like you know 2004 like just a dick randy orton um and just like you know and and just that kind of character in a sense and then it wasn't until um a later age where i had a drama teacher tell me you know I know you watch wrestling. I know you do that. I know that that's like your thing. So you see those characters portraying that on TV. And because she noticed that there was a difference between what I was portraying on stage, who was very comfortable, very confident person, um, and, and outgoing to when I'd leave the stage and I was, you know, I was a, a shell of what I was on stage. And so she said, you know, you should practice portraying figuring out the character that you want to be your human character your real life character and you can take what you do on stage with how you act and you can bring that to your actual life and so that's really what like got me out of feeling like i was just meant to be the the Tourette's kid the the autistic kid and Mm. and feel disconnected from the world around me to portraying a character and so i dubbed myself crazy james and my friends all started calling me crazy james people around just knew crazy james james is just james but crazy james is like why is he crazy and just like because i stopped giving a fuck about what everybody thought of me and if they wanted to change me then that was their problem but i am me and if they got a problem with it then they got to put up with it so i i did that and wrestling is rest you know that was wrestling you know i used it on american idol um it got me to uh meet so many different people 
um, they did a backstage segment on Idol uh, in the Idol Mansion where we were all wrestling, and uh, and I said um, I said something like uh, Hulk Hogan, eat your heart out because I'm Crazy James and I'm awesome. And then the next <laughs> night, the next night they brought out Hulk Hogan to tell me that I was going through to the next round, and then he you know stiff shot uh, Ryan Seacrest and threw him in the crowd. And the next day after that, Chris Jericho shows up at Idol because he's at Dancing with the Stars, which is in the same building as Idol, and he shows up and we. Become Become friends, and he takes me out to dinner with him and the Miz and Maurice, and we're all sharing dessert together with three spoons and one plate. You know, it's just like the craziest stuff, like one thing after the next of like, that's because of wrestling. That's because of wrestling. That's because of wrestling. And then uh, how I found out about tights and fights is I was uh, watching Mike Eagle getting uh, dug with high and talk about <laughs> this new uh, this new wrestling podcast I'm on, and I was like, wrestling, high, wrestling, high. <laughs> Okay, I'm in. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, and I've been I've been listening to tights and fights for, I don't know. I think since your first episode. So wow. No way. Yeah. yeah. How long have you been doing it? Gosh, I, uh, Julian. Three years? Two and a half years. Two and a half years. Yeah. Close to really close to three years at this point. Almost I think three years. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's been great being with us. Of course, I love you guys. Well, now we get to talk about uh, the 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 biggest show of the year. This is exciting. We survived wrestling's biggest weekend. We're going to get our favorite moments from TakeOver, WrestleMania, and WWE's weekly shows. Let's start with the main event of TakeOver, Johnny Gargano finally standing tall as NXT champion over Adam Cole, baby. Here's a clip. Finally, it's like an odd culmination to that story. And then Ciampa's out there on stage with him. Uh, but, I mean, is there? there's nobody better to carry the NXT brand right now, right? I mean, no, he's he is the guy. And, you know, you can have all of these arguments about, like, whether the music should have changed, like, three or four times. And, you know, there's been so much that's happened with this character. But he's Gargano. I want him to win. I like it. James, did you get a chance to see it? I definitely did. Um, my favorite part was every once in a while, uh, I mean, other than the match, every once in a while, uh, Mauro Ranallo would say, uh, uh, the, the chubby eight-year-old from Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my son is watching with me, who's nine and a half, and, and he's like, did he just say he's a chubby eight-year-old from Cleveland? <laughs> and then he said it again, and he's like, did, did he, is he saying he's a chubby eight-year-old from Cleveland? <laughs> he doesn't look eight. <laughs> <laughs> that was just great. Yeah. Those babies. But that that match, and my son doesn't watch wrestling with me, so that was like, we were supposed to play a, a computer game, and he's sitting there. He's like, "It's time to play the game." Whoa, what's that? You know. So it was it was very cool. It was we actually bonded over that, and it was just so intense. And and uh, I kept telling him like, "This is wrestling. This is like they're telling a story. It's like a dance. It's a story. Look how they're telling the story. Oh my god!" You know, he's like <laughs> looking at me like I'm nuts. Uh, Oh, the making of a mark in real time. That's amazing. (laughs) That's so great. Well said. The other men's singles titles defended that night were Velveteen Dream retaining the North American title against Matt Riddle and Walter ending Pete's Dunn's 685-day reign as UK champion. 
I thought it was a killer match. I think Walter is a, Walter's a fucking monster. So yeah. I don't know who they're gonna get from that brand to, uh, you know, to challenge him. Uh, I heard an interesting um, a numbers a numbers thing about uh, about Pete Dunne that he was like the the fifth longest reigning champion in WWE history. Oh wow! Mm. Yeah, it's it's uh, I forget what the who else was there. It was like Pedro Morales. Uh, Hogan, Bruno San Martino's um, got to be up there, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Br- Bruno was on there twice. Yeah, and then uh, I forget one other guy, and then and then Pete. Hmm. So they've definitely put you know they've put stock into the guy. So it'll be interesting to see like okay, because he's obviously he's Hunter's boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, U.S. title picture or an intercontinental title picture. Like, can you imagine like Pete Dunne versus Samoa Joe for the U.S. title? Like oh, a run. Please yes. don't do that to my heart. Yes, it can. Like, come oh, on. I would love that. I, Pete Dunne's just got to keep something in his mouth. So yeah, uh, you know, it's it's that's part of the look. <laughs> you know, that's the whole thing. If he comes out without a belt in his mouth, like even if it's just like something hanging from his lips, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. it's not gonna look like his you know his vital like characteristics of him. He has to keep winning belts because he's quitting. Sp- Smoking. Yeah. <laughs> it's championships. Yeah. You use it yeah. like Chantix. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chantix ships. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it was the right choice to have Riddle loose clean this early on when they sort of spent time establishing how dominant he is? He's so over. Yeah. Like him and his bare feet and his weird milk drinking thing. <laughs> He's uh. so over that I think that it's fine right now they are getting so poached and we'll talk about it they're getting so poached for people it feels like a lot of people are spending less time in nxt really establishing very strong people holding championships it feels like people are in and then they're out Mm -hmm. and so matt riddle he has time or he'll be moved to the main roster. Who knows? But right now they really need to invest in Velveteen Dream because they are losing people right and left. Yeah. He does seem like the guy to keep around. At what point, uh, James, if you were fantasy booking, how long would you keep a guy like Velveteen Dream in NXT before you go? He doesn't need mm. anything else here. We need to move him up to the main roster. How, mu- how much more time do you think he needs? I mean, I could definitely see them doing it, you know, two months ago when he's like got real steam behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I feel like the longer you keep him in NXT, the more you have to build that steam up around him. And, uh, the thing with, uh, with Matt, I see, I, I don't think Matt Riddle's ready to go to the main roster. I'm not invested in Matt Riddle. I watch it and I'm, I don't care yet. They haven't really given me a reason to care about Matt Riddle yet. They're doing that thing that they do with a lot of guys from the indies where they assume that you care about them because they were on the indies without actually building them. It gets very frustrating. Mm-hmm. If you point to the people who come up from NXT to the main roster, and they even treat it that way when people just come up to W to WD. Oh, you know everything they did in NXT. We assume you also watch that. So we don't have right. to, to invest anything in them. And then those people get lost in the shuffle. I mean, Tyler Breeze, before Brizango, was lost in the shuffle. He had a really good character. He works really well. But there was almost no investment in it. They just brought him in and assumed you knew who he was and they didn't really need to establish anything. That's a mistake that hopefully they're... I mean, with, Al, with Alistair Black and Ricochet, they didn't really build them up much, but they've worked, they're working all the time in high-profile matches. So now the audience is invested in them. At a certain point, though, you're going to need... You are going to need a little bit more character development, I think, other than candles and flips. 
Not that smoke. they can't do it. Smoke. Smoke, <laughs> smoke candles, flips, and cats. Music. Maybe the cats. And music. That's true. Teeth. All right, fine. Big teeth? Fine. He yeah. does have big teeth. <laughs> no, on his, on his vest. He had big teeth. Yeah, oh, yeah. Teeth. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, big teeth, yeah. Yeah. But Satan. No. Satan. <laughs> Satan himself. Mm-hmm. Our, our dark prince. Like, now we're at a time, even Lacey Evans, and I know we'll get to that a little bit, they've at least done something to raise some intrigue. Um, even though we've been kind of who is this lady and why does she shop in the retro section of Montcloth? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's true, and at first you just go, why why is this happening? And then it keeps happening over and over again, mm-hmm. and I think it that repetition does kind of work to go, all right, when are they going to pull the trigger? What trigger are they going to pull? Mm-hmm. And then when they do, and and you see the person who's just been parading around at random. Set up mm. for a program with Becky Lynch, you do go. At least we're tr- they're trying to build something, and they're going to take a big shot. Yeah, right. At least they've been. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've been having her on. You you know that she's going to be involved somehow in yes. something. Mm-hmm. Let's let's continue <laughs> to talk about the women though. Shayna Baszler still stands alone atop the NXT Women's Mountain, who beat Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, and Kyrie Sane. First of all. I think Shayna Baszler has been ready for the main roster for some time, but you don't like it's better to have her anchor the women's division. And that's what I'm saying is like there's not NXT for a very long time has not been just a training ground where you bring people in and you bring them up to the main roster. It is its own brand. And sometimes it feels like they respect that and sometimes it feels like they do not. Keeping Shayna Baszler there while other people start getting rubs and start getting ready to take her place and treating NXT like a real show is 100% what they need to be doing. Sure. Um, And so I don't mind that she hasn't been brought up. That's the way it should be. And that's why I get so frustrated with a lot of these call-ups. Not because I don't want them to go to the main roster and make big money, but because I feel like I have seen them call folks up with no plan other than they're popular in NXT. Okay, cool. Not all of us have 12 hours to devote to wrestling a week. <laughs> yes. I, I do. Some- but not everyone does. <laughs> Sometimes you, you have the time to establish that. Sometimes you don't. But I think the other important piece is that NXT is a developmental brand. At a certain point, you have to push the baby birds out of the nest. And and sometimes that means the division flounders. So I agree Shayna Baszler should stay there to anchor. I also am not 100% against them moving her up. And then she'll probably move up getting, to the Superstar Shakedown. Getting so that, I'm not super worried about maybe, it. maybe not. Maybe, maybe we don't know. She sells the title. Does she bring the title with her? Well, they used to do that, and I actually really like that as a bridge where the NXT champion. They did that with Kevin Owens. Yeah. They did that with Sasha Banks, where the NXT champion would would be a bridge to both brands, and then drop the title, move up, and by that time the main roster audience has gotten to know who they are and maybe gotten interested enough to go, well, what did they do in NXT? Uh, it's it's a slippery slope. I mean, how what you mentioned about it being the nest and sometimes you've got to leave to the outside world. But the issue with NXT is... Uh, sometimes that product of the nest is greater than the outside world. It's like you still live with your parents and you get fed and you get a roof over your head and you can do whatever the fuck you want and you can come home and everything is figured out for you, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, you don't want to leave. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's, I I feel like there comes a time when NXT, when the fans are going to want NXT to maintain its, its, its ownership of its brand because they're invested in those fans they are invested in that certain style and Mm -hmm. the time that the, that the, 
um, athletes get to um, put on that type of match. And it's it you know it's the same thing with like Shinsuke Nakamura coming in or Asuka or Io Shirai or Kyrie Sane is like another thing is like they keep taking these phenomenal wrestlers from Japan and bringing them in and they do great things with them in NXT. But as soon as they're in the main roster, it's like we saw this what 15 years, t- 10, 12 years ago with uh, Yoshi Tatsu. It was this big hype that he's coming in and then they absolutely do nothing with them. They kill their their hype, you know, and it's I don't know. I'm I'm have a, a, a tough time with the whole uh, roster shakeup and all this. Didn't they mention that they were going to mix in NXT with the roster shakeup? So would that mean that they're sending people from the main roster back to NXT? That has been thrown out there a lot. I don't yeah. mind it. I don't I, I agree. You know what? Send Brizango down there to do. And they used to do more of that, too, yeah. where you would have someone, you know, I believe it was the Ascension when they ascended, um, went back and did a few matches back there. There Zach were Ryder a few was there for a while. Yeah, there were a few people who would kind of go in between. I, I don't think that that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would rather, honestly, like I said. Make it people who, yes, you will see them on the main roster, have them bounce in between. Right. Um, obviously not on every day, but you know, NXT tapes in advance, so whatever. Have them bounce in between the two, and then that way the main roster gets used to them, might be interested in what they're doing in NXT, and it also, you know, there's still a good foundation there. And yeah, if they want to bring a couple of people back, I can think of a lot of people. <laughs> who, who would need to who need yeah. who either mm-hmm. need to or would love to go back to um until they kind of find their footing again i don't yeah. mind it right yeah, it's kind of like a free agency you know yes. where we had john cena going from smackdown to raw showing up wherever he wanted like yeah. if there was a way to give that to you know undisputed era for instance like they're gonna show up here and they're gonna fuck shit up they're gonna show up here they're gonna fuck shit up where are they going next they're gonna go back to nxt you never know really where they're gonna go Especially if they're going to start there's, two there's years a surprise a element. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And that's a great way to hook in other teams and groups to come after them. Because So then they're going out. You're sending them out like a fishing hook to bring people in. That's um, what the Women's Tag Team Championship is supposed to be. Right. Uh, <laughs> Lars Sullivan from NXT has finally made his debut, showing up on Raw and SmackDown to beat up Kurt Angle and the Hardy Boys, respectively. Okay. Uh, I saw a great meme um, before I hopped on to do this, and it showed uh, Snitsky holding the baby before he punted it into the crowd sure. and said, this is him all grown up. <laughs> oh. Uh. oh, what a great, please make uh. that the storyline. Uh. Oh, for goodness sakes. <laughs> it turns out it uh. was his fault. Oh, it's like Doomsday <laughs> in the original uh, DC uh. comics where you just keep beating up a baby until he turns into rocks. Lars Sullivan <laughs> does look like Darkseid a little bit, doesn't he? Darkseed. <laughs> Anyway, if you've got any thoughts on everything we've discussed so far, let us know about them at Facebook.com slash group slash Tights Fights and at Tights Fights on Twitter and Instagram. When we come back, WrestleMania. You're listening to Tights and Fights. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And together we present Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. We explain the historical significance of everyday etiquette topics, then answer your questions relating to modern life. So join us weekly on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. No RSVP required. Check out Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? Tyson Bites Podcast Tyson Bites
Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin. I'm joined today by... Danielle Radford. And... James Durbin. Yes. It's WWE's most important night of the year. All right. Let's deal with the shit in the sugar straight away. <laughs> Beginning of the show, I see Alexa Bliss come out. And she says, I'll give you a WrestleMania moment when I snap my fingers. And I, under my breath, said, please be the rock. Please be the rock. Please be the rock. Mm. It was not the rock. Danielle... Go ahead. Alexa didn't deserve that. Now forever, she will be whatever you may feel of her. Now forever, there are vi- there's videos of her flexing with a racist. Tight. You guys know how I feel about him. Fuck that dude. It's fuck Hulk Hogan forever. And I don't care. And I had people tweeting me like, oh, well, Big E said he talked to him tight. I love Big E. I don't know what they talked about. I don't know what they said. What I do know, my black ass ain't Big E. Big E can feel however he wants to feel about it. I wasn't in the room. I don't know what was said. But like, Big E don't speak for me. And I know it's I maybe the perception of like, oh, well, if the boys in the back are okay with it, cool. Well, I'm the girl in the front and I pay my fucking money like anyone else does, except I don't because I don't do the network. You know why? Because I don't like Hulk Hogan. Look, there's a larger issue here for people out there who who would try to use that defense, which is even if he had issued what anybody felt was a proper apology, that puts that puts the people who felt wronged under no obligation to, to, to not decide. be hurt. Or not to feel a certain way about it at all. You get to decide. The person that you are when you think when no one's fucking watching is the person that you are. He didn't start talking about all the work that he had to do on himself until people were like, cancel Hulk Hogan, my childhood is over. And then there was a flyover by some planes. (laughs) Helicopters. Helicopters, that's right, sorry. It was an awkward flyover. It was an awkward flyover. (laughs) It was just so like... I thought something was wrong. They like extra leaned in the patriotism and I know it's because of fucking all the Saudi Arabia stuff. I know (laughs) that's why they did. Yeah, they're gearing up for it. I did think it was a little weird that they had three performances of America the Beautiful when they usually have one. You know, it was one in the beginning, one in the intermission, and then one to close out the show after yeah. everybody had left the, the stadium. Well, next next year's <laughs> main really? event is no, a <laughs> between those three versions of America the Beautiful. <laughs> They're all going to fight. We're going to bring Aretha Franklin's ghost out. <laughs> and I did oh, I did like uh, the lady that did it. She's an amazing singer. I was very happy that they brought her out. But it was also one of those like, huh, why they bring out this extra black singer? that none of their audience is going to know. Everyone's waiting for fucking Florida Georgia line to show up <laughs> and like or Flo Rida to do a rap version of America the Beautiful. It's fine. I'm interested in that. I would watch that. Yeah, of course you would watch that. <laughs> of course you would. I would watch them together. Flo Rida Georgia line. It's right there. Wow. Why hasn't that happened yet? <laughs> they've done it. No, they've done it. They should. I swear to God. I bet that somebody has done it. Oh, they should. If not them officially, somebody has done it. All right, let's let's get into the actual show. There's so much WrestleMania. This is the this was the most WrestleMania that was ever held. Uh, let's talk about where it ended. Becky Lynch standing tall over Charlotte and Ronda as the champion of champions. Here's a clip. Weight needed on her fibers pit left leg. Becky, oh my God. Shoulders down. Shoulders down. Do it. <sighs> Becky Lynch. James. Wow, the Rousey doesn't think her shoulders are down. I, I mean, I would 
Could it be worth a replay? That's because her shoulders weren't down. Ah, uh, <laughs> By the way, I, Michael Cole's job is to talk professionally, and his voice was gone. Too long, Vince. Too long. Mm. Too long. And yet, uh, th- this was the conclusion. You know, we call WrestleMania Ice Cream Sunday. This was ice cream a, Christmas. Ice cream Christmas, right? Thank you, James. Oh, thank you, James. You, you, you know, botch, you ooh, talk about botch uh, mania. Botch mania. I just, I'm shacked in a fool out here. Ugh, um, just go ahead and tape us, Vet Mafu. It's ice cream Christmas. <laughs> this was the Vermonster of ice cream uh, Christmas. We all know what the uh, Vermonster is, right? No. If you go to a Ben and Jerry no. scoop shop and get a Vermonster, they bring you an industrial bucket filled with as much ice cream as anybody has ever eaten ever. They put all the toppings on there and say, enjoy it. So literally, you get as much as you want of what you want, which is what this WrestleMania was. I, I got more than I wanted. You got more? Even more? I got, I got more than I wanted, yeah. <laughs> do, you have, do you have a little bellyache from all the wrestling? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> a bit, That's no good. A sour tummy? <laughs> I didn't even, yeah. I, I didn't even like, it hurts. <laughs> I didn't even get crunk, and I was like, I woke up with a hangover, just a wrestling hangover. I didn't even get crunk. No, there was definitely some tequila it. involved over here. We, we had our neighbor, <laughs> Stephen Casey, over, and they don't watch, and uh, oh. suddenly the tequila comes out, and they were watching. <laughs> they were into it but even they could tell like this finish they could tell like that shit was not that didn't happen like it was supposed to right yeah that's there like are, yeah, there it was too it was too sudden there was no build-up there was no big spot before it it was just you know apparently what what reports have said and what we'll never hear is that it was apparently a botch and people were super cranky about it but the botch was that Ronda was supposed to win? No, Becky was always supposed to win. Right. Yeah. Apparently, uh, one thing I read was that Becky was supposed to tap Charlotte to keep Ronda strong. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. And then there was another thing that, you know, the ref counted to three and the ref should have pulled the count. There was no plan B, um, you know, because there's only so much planning you can do with Ronda because she's so green. Right. You know? Right. But who knows? Speculation. Still a good match. Still yeah. a great match, yeah. This overall experience, though, f- for how long it was. And I didn't watch. I watched the pre-show the next day. So I cut mm. I cut two and a half hours mm. off right there, I think. But that's cheating. I did cheat. You I'm... have to watch all nine <laughs> hours of WrestleMania and bother your wife and disappoint your children. <laughs> it's just what you have to do. My son came in the room. He said, wait, this is all we're doing? You're just going to sit here and watch wrestling? I can't think of anything more boring. It sucks. I'm officially a mark for your son. Yeah. Yeah. That's and guess what his name is? Hunter. Oh. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my God. My oh, poor wife amazing. was just like, I guess I live in the bedroom right now. I was like, yep. no, I'll watch it on an iPad anyway. She's like, no. I'll just lay down. I can't even. No, this is <laughs> She's just exhausted. Yeah. It's like Victorian era where she's like, just pass me my fainting couch. <laughs> yeah. You go once. She's on the f- fainting couch. She had plenty of Dilaudid. It was fine. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the moment. See, here, here, the problem with it being as long as it was is in the middle of the show, you get you get the highest high you're going to get, which is mm-hmm. the, cul- the culmination of Kofi Mania. Here's the call. Brian is barely moving. Kofi measuring the champion. Kofi did it. Kofi did it. Kofi did it. Kofi is champion. Here is the winner and the new WWE champion. 
cried a bunch. <laughs> cried a whole bunch. Literally, like, so Adam Murray from Nerdist, and he does a bunch of stuff around town, mm-hmm. um, like, sent me a message immediately that was just a picture of him crying. What about you, James? Did you wind up crying your face off? Oh, God, yes. I mean, wrestling has, like, wrestling in the past two, three weeks has caused me so much so much emotion yeah. and it's all been because of Kofi like talking about his family talking about the struggle talking about it all and just like their relationship of 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 Xavier and Biggie and Kofi it's just like that's those are those things that you want in your life you want friendships like that you want like brotherhood sisterhood like you want that kind of love and people looking out for you that way and then you hear him get on the mic and you hear him talk to Vince and like that like it's a promo, it's wrestling at the end of the day, but that was life. You yeah. know, that brought like, mm-hmm. that's that reality into the kind of, you know, into the whole scripted thing. And it's just like, seeing that was so like real. You know, it was honest, it was real. It's like, that's not what he said on SmackDown. This is not supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. This was not supposed, this was not in the script. And it's just like, yeah! There's a video on my Instagram of me just screaming <laughs> and <laughs> just at the TV. Yeah! All right, we're good. God damn. Well, and that is why you are the lead singer of Quiet Riot. Yes, this is true. <laughs> yeah, it w- this was like this is the the definition of WrestleMania moment. Like m- more more so than anything else I could ever think of. And it's also proof, yes, this this is a story that was 11 years in the making Mm. but really it is a story that was two months in the making and in two months they were able to take uh what what were lemons with people being hurt and and made gold out of it not lemonade gold liquid pure gold and this is um it, it was just a good reminder for me of like there have always been people who have listened to the fans and you know the last several years of the booking we didn't like I think that we held, even though logically we understood what happened, sometimes you like connect, disconnect that from your kind of sense memory of it and how upset it makes you. Yeah. And I think we got to kind of uncouple that now that we understand why it happened and, we, and we're all like, look, however I might have felt about it at the time, it was for me, I'm firmly in the camp of I didn't like it at the time, but it was the right thing to do. Um, I think that we have to start like, figuring out how to process that <laughs> and get some of that trust back maybe well, it's that it's that same yeah. idea right of that i've been trying to adjust to as a as a fan is taking a step back and going all right i'm mad at these three pieces of stained glass instead of stepping <laughs> back and looking at the entire mosaic that it creates exactly because we and again we don't know everything that happens we there there could be reasons why we don't always get what we want they do listen but sometimes what might be the right thing isn't necessarily what we know is the right thing yeah um and i'm so i'm trying to uncouple my feelings from that and i think that that would all do us some good and maybe give us some trust in the company back but then they bring out fucking hulk hogan so what the fuck do i know <laughs> well that was earlier <laughs> then they then they give then i'm not uncoupled from that yet fair enough Fair enough. I am consciously coupled. Do do we think <laughs> James will start with you that the that the that kicking off the show with Brock Lesnar getting beaten pretty pretty quickly like a brawl and then and then a short match by Seth Rollins was that the right way to start the show for you? I, I definitely think so. I mean, I, I kind of weighed between what would have been a better one and that, and I, I feel like that's that's a good one. That's like. I feel like that's a big surprise, and that really set the bar, yeah. uh, no pun intended, to <laughs> to just like 
expect the unexpected. You know, there were uh, it, after all, there were the most uh, title changeovers in WrestleMania history. Yeah. So that really said it. I mean, the pre-show really said it. You know, with the uh, uh, cruiserweight championship and then the Raw tag match, and then both people that won the uh, the the battle royals mm-hmm. and all that. So it's like that was really like, whoa, this is really not. I don't know. It's 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 going to change your perception of what you think is going to happen tonight. Yeah, I've, I've thought about that too. Is when you look at it, you go, well, now that we know, I, for sure they're not going to put the belt on Kofi because we already got what we wanted from Brock. And then, yeah. And then all of a sudden, uh-huh. uh, the Iconics win the tag titles. And I'm like, hold on, let me back that up. Because right. this is what I wanted <laughs> so badly. How is this possible? Did they Are they going to find a way to reverse it? But that is a great, like, it was just, there were no really, look, some matches weren't the best. The, the Samoa right. Joe, Rey Mysterio, it did its job, but it wasn't Fair. really a match. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think there was anything where I was, super upset by the outcome no mm-mm. and even with the tag championships because obviously we know i'm always in the tank for bailey and sasha but like if someone's gonna take them give it to the iconics because i really think that it, they could be a lot of fun and in fact yeah. there was a really good i don't think we're putting things over this week but there's a really good wwe video of them just going in the back and um just making um rockstar spud i know that's not his name anymore shut up um <laughs> just like kind of bitching out rockstar spud mm-hmm. and making him be afraid for himself and that's really fun they are both good wrestlers they just don't have them do a lot of that they're both great on the mic mm-hmm. i i you know, hopefully we'll get some of those great moments we got in NXT with them. You know, those moments of like, I have to let you go alone and do your own thing. Like those moments of a deeper relationship. Yeah. Not not queer baiting, but a deeper relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just, uh, if it's going to be anyone, make it the Iconics. And they want it the right way. And they want it they the right way. They stole it. That's how they're supposed exactly. to win it. They are the Iconics. What was your biggest moment, James? I, outside of uh, Kofi Mania, what? What was something that stood out to you? You know, I actually, I really enjoyed The Miz and Shane McMahon. Mm. Just from like, just like a, um, uh, it's like you, you don't go and see a Michael Bay movie for the storyline. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> I didn't watch Bumblebee for the story. Yeah. You know, I just, it's the explosions. It's like, oh my God, there's a robot. There's, you know, there's space. There's the ocean. There's a, there's the Santa Cruz beach boardwalk. Oh my gosh, this is great. What more can you need? Oh, the bumblebee and was it, really good. Okay, bye. It, it was, it was, yeah, see it. Talk you later. And just, <laughs> just how much, how much happened in that you, that you weren't expecting to happen? Like Miz's dad with the mullet and the mustache and the chain, just oh like my Shane God. repositioning the fists. And then like the other spot where, uh, Miz knocked him over, and I don't know if Shane was supposed to land on top of the golf cart, but then right. he fucking fell six feet onto his head, Ugh. and like just like shit like that. Like, what was happening in that match? It was like, of course, like you know, the people that I'm watching it with that do not watch wrestling are like, nope, Shane's gonna win. Shane's gonna win. You know, it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. You know, Miz is getting all this offense, and something's gonna happen. Then, yeah, it happens. But it, it just like that was great. That was great. That was a moment. Yeah, and a good, a really good finish. I mean, obviously, as soon as they get over to like a multi-level camera <laughs> scaffolding, oh, you know absolutely. they're going over the top. I feel bad for the people who were there because I like the AJ Styles Randy Orton match, but apparently nobody mm. could see it because the lights were like there were floodlights on at the stage. Like somebody turned them up to a hundred and left them there. Oh. Yikes! Yeah, I saw some of that stuff on Twitter too, where people were like, "I can't, I don't know what's happening," because there were chants during it that appeared to not be related to the match. I'm thinking, this is a good match. These guys are working hard. I'm, it's odd that they're not appreciating it. And then, mm-hmm. little did we know, they were all blinded. 
Did you happen to catch uh, the augmented reality um, poo snakes in Randy Yes, Jones? I love it. Oh my <laughs> god, emoji it was so poos? perfect yeah. for so many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> more poo snakes, more poo snakes, more poo this snakes. This is new More poo snakes. I got feces full of snakes. They talk to me. Uh, and they are snakes. I <laughs> constipate, they talk to me. <laughs> That's good. I got feces. They are snakes. They talk to me. They're constipated. Jim Johnston. I I had a writing session with Jim Johnston once, which ended up not being a writing session at all. Just ended up being me sitting there and Jim telling me stories and playing me the original versions of songs. And he played me that on his uh on his old Martin acoustic guitar. Oh, that's amazing. If we do another sing along episode, you just want to come hang out. Yes, please, please, please. (laughs) Okay. I, I I was talking to Julian about this before before recording, that I'm done with the de- I was done with the demon after after he didn't bring it out for Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Certainly don't think he. Why wouldn't he just be the demon all the time? Because he sure seems to lose a lot as Finn Balor. It's the only <laughs> way he ever wins. It doesn't seem like when he's done that he comes out the next night exhausted from having been the demon. He just comes out and wrestles again. Right, he's not Venom, you know. Yeah, yeah. So put put that the end of the devil stick on your head, and put <laughs> put your makeup on. How do you feel about the demon? I just I recently got a fade, and like I showed the lady a picture of Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. I showed my wife the picture of Finn Balor, and she was like, "Yeah, yeah, you can do the fade." And uh, <laughs> and and I, I I just love Finn, you know, Fergal. Mm-hmm. I love Fargal. Yeah, you gotta love Fargal, just the guy, you know, and uh, like. <laughs> The things that he does for people, just I love his Instagram and you know his uh, his uh, shirts and and the stuff that he does. But it's like there's a big difference. Like I don't feel as connected. I used to feel connected to the demon. The demon is what brought me to Finn Balor. But mm. now I am more invested in Finn than the demon. So it's the same thing with mm. with me. Hell, it's like as soon as I find out the demon's coming, it's like eh, you don't really need that. In that weird video, like they edited it and he's sticking out his tongue and he's just got a weird looking tongue and like. Yeah. You know, when when you think of demon and tongue, you think of Gene Simmons. This, like, long, yes. thin, skinny mm. little tongue that ends in a point. And Finn's is like, you know, like, you draw, like, a smiley face, like the uh, the tongue-sticking-out emoji. That's what it looks like. But it's, like, yeah. it has weird dreads. You but know, like fabric his, dreads. His tongue is his dick print. Finn's dick is for yeah. everybody. ProWrestlingTees.com. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Fergal. <laughs> Fergal. Fergal's dick <laughs> is for everybody. Uh, Kurt Angle mm. goes out on his back, mm. as is tradition. Mm-hmm. He goes mm-hmm. out to Baron Corbin. Logically, in, in storyline, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. If this was the if this was the Baron Corbin that they that they had put the U.S. title on and then mm. had won uh, Money in the Bank and still had that briefcase, that would also make sense. Mm-hmm. I like it, this feels like an attempt to heat him back up, and that 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 bothers me. I just I I know that we got the Angle tour where he wrestled everybody you'd want to see him wrestle except yeah. for AJ Styles. So I don't know that they. I, I can't sit here and go, they shouldn't have done with Baron Corbin. I like Baron Corbin. Yeah, I, me too. I don't dislike him as much as, as it seems like a lot of people do. That didn't feel like WrestleMania to me. It's fine. I mean, look, yes, especially when you bring out Thugonomics, mm-hmm. Cena, oh my you God, definitely yeah. assume that that's going to be what it is. But who knows? We don't actually know if Kurt might have said, hey, you know what? I want to go out the way that wrestling works. I want to go out. This is the person I've been having programs with. Mm. This was the last program I did. I want to honor the way the business works. And I want to go out, you know, putting this person over. We don't know that that's not what he said. Um, For me, yeah, I want it to be him 
versus John Cena in his really stupid mid-2000s outfit. <laughs> but, you know, because I, I very strongly feel like Kirk could have asked for anyone and they would have said yes mm -hmm. and the company would have said yes. Mm -hmm. So if he's picking Baron Corbin, it's because that is who he wanted to give the rep to. And I can't disrespect that because that's him showing the utmost respect to the business. Right. Yeah. Unless it's just like he's going to show up on the indies in like three months. <laughs> He'll be back in just a second. Yeah. yeah. In Supercard 95,000. Spy uh, Kid 6 featuring Kurt Angle as the Thumb Thumb. <laughs> oh, please make that happen. Um, I, I loved, I, I just want to mention the Usos here in segment two, getting the WrestleMania moment, getting a win in a, in a solid four-way tag match. It was just a lot of fun and it was nice to see the Usos get a good spot on the card that they deserve, that they have deserved. Is that their first time on the main WrestleMania show ever? That can't be true. No, they were on last year. They were on yeah. last year, but they and didn't. In fact, they, this was, uh, they actually mentioned their little record. They have, this is the third consecutive time, I want to say consecutive, but at least the third time they entered WrestleMania as tag team champions. Yeah, yeah, because like that's the first time attacking <clears throat> three times. That can't be right. The last year, now, yes. Because as long as they've but. been Uso Penitentiary and they've been mega, mega over. Yeah, yeah. it was mm -hmm. probably on the pre-show, but it's still. I guess they're still counting it as third time. Yeah, I don't right. Know. I mean, it counts. Look, it's a paycheck, <laughs> and it's and you know, I think it was Becky Lynch who said this prior. Like, she didn't care if she was on the pre-show. That was her WrestleMania. Bingo. And it was just as big a deal to her. So I'm sure it's a big deal to them. For me as a fan, I like seeing them on the main show when everybody is already in their seats. That to me is the difference. Yeah. It makes me mad yeah. to see like a really Especially great cruiserweight titles, match. Man. Yeah, and it takes a while to load that that place up. I mean, it's not like people aren't coming in on purpose. It just takes a while for everybody to get their seats. So those earlier matches, you know, people really aren't there for. You see all those empty seats and go, boy, it's a shame everybody's missing this. Right. But that feels like the story of the cruiserweights all the time. Right. And it was it, 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 it was a great match, you know. All all the yeah. pre-show all the pre-show stuff I thought was was pretty, you know, pretty entertaining. Um I lo I loved seeing uh Kurt Hawkins and his uh 269 match losing streak. Yes. That was yeah. great. I like to see yeah. those guys get a rub. I mean, they've been around for a while, yeah. especially Zach, you know. Good dude. Ooh, Zach, man. And he broke his streak of uh, winning a title and then losing it the next night. Yes, exactly. That that's definitely a good. You know, he's he's on a roll with that. Yeah. yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> his hair treatment wanna... looks good too. Yeah. Yeah. His hair treatment does look good. It's, it's, yeah. I love the the thugonomics that oh. Cena moment. That real. That was like another thing of like, oh, we're getting everything we want. Yeah. So, we got the Cena back. He talked about turning heel. Think you're untouchable. Oh. Yeah. So good. We yeah, need a performance. <laughs> I feel like I need to watch it again. Oh, it's so I just good. had the thought. I was like, I should go watch that again. Yeah. It was so. It was great. It was great in the part. Like, it, what a great way to give a rub to to Elias, who now seems to be destined to face the Undertaker at some area, uh, in some in some, in some other country that uh, we do not recognize for we wrestling. Will, we shows. will not see. Yeah. Yes. In Voldemort, uh, Voldemort country. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Triple H versus Batista. Batista also retires on his back, gets a nose ring pulled out. Well, I did, did not like that spot. Not no. even a little. <laughs> did not like it. Nope. I, no. Nope. That was, uh -huh. How do you, what do you think, James? Yeah, what do you think of that, James? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it was definitely entertaining. I was very surprised by 
you know, uh, Batista's ring shape. I thought he looked good. Yes. I liked his entrance. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I hated Triple H's entrance. I thought it was stupid with all the money that they have, and they could not animate a better entrance video. Like, That's- it looked like a fucking PlayStation 1 game. Like it was just, and not in like a cool retro thing, you know. It's like, oh, PlayStation One, you know. Yeah, we're gonna make it look real retro, you know. We're gonna really, really aim for the uh, aim for the millennials today. No, it was like it was just bad. Did I you did know not like it. Was in Twisted Metal. No, <laughs> sure was. Here he comes. Yeah, Trips he's right behind the metal. clown face. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we also had a bunch of guest commentators, and this one was Cookie Monster, who I thought did a good job. Who is your favorite? <laughs> Jerry the King Lawler was probably my least favorite, which I <laughs> loved him in the Attitude Era. Yeah, I just it just doesn't work for me in the same way anymore. Nope. He might have. Uh, who who else was that? We had him. We had Cookie Monster. Booker. Which okay, Booker. I gotta say. Wait wait, who is Cookie? Sean Michaels. Sean Michaels. But like, if you're gonna have last Booker week, T yeah. come out <laughs> and he just basically does the Samoa Joe Rey Mysterio match, which was like thirty seconds. Why didn't they have him do the tag match? Like right. when he was just inducted for yep. being in a tag team yep. the two nights before. Like they just sit him down. He's like, "Well, that's your well, gotta go." <laughs> <laughs> he had enough time to sit down and stand up. He didn't yeah. even have the time to do a single shucky ducky quack quack. I mean, what the hell are we even doing? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Shucky Ducky's people got back to him and was uh, like, "No, seats in the cyst forever now." Oh my gosh. Um. Yeah, and we got Paige. Paige, well, that's right for the tag match. She looked and sounded the best I think she has. Even when she came back and was doing stuff as GM, I thought she was great. I feel like this was the like best page that that I've seen in a while. She's awesome. I loved it. She's amazing. She's so great. And she's always good. Even when she's not like peak page, she's still miles ahead of everyone else. But this is like, oh, you are a page at 100% of your powers. We should all be scared. Yeah, 100%. Was there anybody else that we missed? Uh, Roman and Drew. Roman and Drew. Yeah. Another good match. It's a good match. It's a good match. Right guy wins. I don't know. Like those guys uh, can't have a bad match. No, know. they can't. No. But again, the build you, just the conditioner problem, versus conditioner. Uh, we talked about this recently. Is like who's VO five will win. <laughs> <laughs> long black hair goatee versus long black hair goatee. <laughs> Who knows what'll happen? Leather and spikes versus leather and straps. <laughs> There was definitely, when I was watching it, there was someone who was, like, not a wrestling fan who was kind of trying to keep up. And it's like, look, uh, one's darker, one's slightly lighter. (laughs) Here you go. You know, I talked to us before, like, I thought low-key this could be a really good WrestleMania in terms of match quality, and it was. Yes. But also, Mm -hmm. so many matches had a short buildup. Like, the McIntyre reigns, total sense. Like, I, I, I would do the same thing if I were... If I were the person in charge of the book, there just wasn't mm. enough buildup. It felt a lot of it felt small, even even though yeah. it's the biggest show of the year, and that was that was kind of threw me off. But honestly, for me, I don't mind that some of the other matches felt smaller because the big matches felt bigger than they felt in years. Mm. <clears throat> there was a lot of buildup, I feel like, but it, it definitely seems like a, a majority of the matches that were on the card didn't feel like they had as much at stake, like Rey Mysterio and Samoa Joe. Is like. I love Rey Mysterio. They released a t-shirt that says he's the greatest of all time, the GOAT. I have a Rey Mysterio tattoo on my forearm. Like, I, I'm invested in that guy, but, like, they 
didn't give him very much time. It was a squash. It didn't necessarily need to happen. I understand the the need to want to get all the boys and girls and and uh, boys and uh, men and women on the card to uh, get mm-hmm. that paycheck. You know, by all means, to quote the great Cat Williams, make that paper boo boo. But you know, <laughs> I get it. But then on the other hand, is like some things seem. I don't know. It's just it, it just all comes down to being uh, a mark versus just being uh, um, an audience member. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's like personally, I would love to see Drew McIntyre go over Roman just right. because Drew needs that heat. He needs to be that monster. They don't have like a monster heel anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, Drew can be that guy. You know, it's now we don't have Brock. I'm sick of Brock. Uh, we see Lars Sullivan come in the past two nights and it, he doesn't seem like he's going to be that guy. So right. it's like there needs to be somebody filling that role, somebody that has that like, I have this over you. I maintain this mm. over you. This is your homecoming, and I squashed it. It is mine now. You know, something like that. But, I mean, really, it was a great show. I am fucking exhausted from watching wrestling. Yeah. Uh, you know, like on, on tour, like I, I didn't have the network. I reinstated it and got that free month, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Get I'm that gonna, free month. And I'm going to cancel it today, you know. Yeah. You know? Hell yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, it's just, it's it was a lot, but I feel like for for the buildup, and it only happens once a year. So, you know, it's, uh, I thought in recent years, um, it was really good. I rewatched last year's WrestleMania on mm-hmm. Saturday um, during a layover in Charlotte. And I was like, no, that, that wasn't that good. Like in comparison, this definitely, I feel like it, it, it outdid last year's Mania. So you're only as good as your last show, I guess, or last well, show of shows in this case. Then uh, let's let's uh, end with this question: Where does this WrestleMania rank for for everyone all time? Mm. In the is it like a top? Is it in the top ten? So here's no? the, here's the thing about how old I am and ranking. Um, I can say what it ranks in the last like five years or mm-hmm. however, but I can't go back that many years. It's too many of the years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will say that I will put this right under thirty. But like mm. almost like this, because thirty was like the first time that we I, we really got that like Daniel Bryan like just uber satisfying thing. Right. Um. So in the last five years, but it's it's pretty neck and neck. Thirty is like it, it, it's it's a photo finish. James. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, and when we talk about WrestleMania, it's like there's so much that goes on that whole entire weekend. So it's like, I, I tend to lump everything together and between NXT takeover, between the hall of fame and all that craziness that happened between the show of shows and, you know, and then Monday and Tuesday, I feel like it was, it was great. You know, some things happened that you weren't expecting. Some things happened. You didn't want to happen, but like as a fan and the outcome and like where I'm at currently, I feel satisfied with wrestling that I get to like, you know, put it back away. <laughs> for a couple months like it, it was like i'm satisfied all right i'll talk to you later you know well, there you go well that does it for tights and fights we are a podcast on the maximum fun network this week your hosts were danielle radford along with me hal lublin and james durbin thank you so Woo! much for joining us put it out there where should people be going listening reading everything uh james durbin on all things that you listen to uh dot uh facebook.com slash james uh, no, it's facebook.com slash Durban Rock, Dur- at Durban Rock on Twitter, uh, at James Durban Official on Instagram, and uh, quietriot.band slash shows to uh, catch Quiet Riot on tour all summer long. And please check out uh, the brand new Quiet Riot um, one 
Night in Milan uh, live DVD and live album that we just recorded and released. Ooh, awesome. That's yes. awesome. Please check yeah. all of that out. Uh, what do I have? My goodness. Good I don't things. know. Just listen to all the podcasts I do. He has eight. Aww. That'd be real nice. Listen to all eight of them. And since Lindsay is here, I'm just going to do um, the usual thing I do for her, which is quote the critic and just say, buy her book. Buy her, her book. book. No one knows that reference. I'm the- I do. I do. I <laughs> um, get but it. yeah, I believe that there are pre-sales for iHeart Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, go and do that. As for me, we just put out another honest trailer. Um, I wrote the first draft of it, and most of my jokes stayed in, and I'm really proud of it. Um, so we just did the trailer for Mortal Engines. Go check that out, Ooh. and that's uh, that's what I got. Fantastic. Our producer is the pun with the power, Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music. We are putting him over for oh, that and now don't and forget, forever. I do oh. wanna, sorry, I want to make sure because I know because Mike has a Mike has several TV shows. Yes. I want to make sure that we that we get April twenty first. April twenty first for New Negroes. Yes. Um, and you can also he has a show, um, which is very funny, live at WZRD or yeah ZRD or something like that. Um, yeah, so go check that out or look that up. You can find that on either of their socials. Yes, it is uh, live from WZRD. I'm so good at things. Um, you can find that on Apple TV. You can find that on um, on YouTube. Uh, one episode for free. Yes, go check it out. And then keep up with us all week long at Facebook.com slash group slash Tights Fights and at Tights Fights on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you love the show, remember, hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all your friends. And thank you so much to all the Max Fund members who have a portion of their recurring monthly contribution come our way to keep the lights on when we're in this hot box of a studio. We'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tyson Fight Podcast. Tyson Fight. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.